Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. The one who flatters with the tongue, that is dangerous. Flattery, oh, it's so dangerous. It can lead you down that path to destruction. That's no friend that will only tell you what you want to hear and not care enough or be honest enough or love you enough to tell you what you need to hear even though you don't want to hear it. You need to hear this. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Proverbs. Your words have power. Has someone ever hurt you with their words? Or maybe someone has made you feel loved with their words? Whatever the case may be, in today's message, Pastor J.D. will remind you that flattery can be very dangerous. The Bible tells us that we should be open and honest with those around us. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Proverbs chapter 28 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Understand what it means to be blameless. It is not the same as sinless. We will never be sinless this side of heaven as long as we were in these fleshly bodies. What it means to be blameless is to be above reproach, without blame. That blame cannot be pointed towards you. It cannot be on you. You are blameless. You're walking uprightly in righteousness, but contrasted with the one who is perverse in his ways will suddenly fall. Verse 19, He who tills his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows frivolity will have poverty enough. And this ties in with verse 20 as well. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. Okay, so you've got two people again. You've got quite a stark contrast. You have somebody that I'll call him a steady Eddie. They're just faithful. They keep their hands to the plow. They're faithful. They're hardworking. They're always going to have plenty. And it it goes along with the proverb that wealth is obtained little by little, but riches that are gained quickly, poof, gone. One need look no further than to those who win the lottery. You know, they do studies. They used to have a television show. I don't know if they still do. I don't watch uh, much TV, but they used to have a television show about the lives of people after they win these huge lotteries, like $500 jillion. And you would think, oh my goodness, they live happily ever after. No, their lives are destroyed completely destroyed. And you know what's so striking is that these people who got this this wealth so suddenly, they have nothing to show for it. It's all gone. And yet there are people who follow after this. 
They are given over to this. They still believe that they could get rich quick. And here the proverb is saying, (laughs) they're not going to go unpunished. And it kind of has the idea of sin being its own reward. These sudden riches are that which actually punish you. The, the, The circumstances in your life because of this hastening to be rich. It's the faithful man who is truly rich. The steady Eddie, the one that keeps their hands to the plow and is faithful. They have plenty, but yet the one who follows frivolity will have poverty. Verse 21, to show partiality is not good, because for a piece of bread a man will transgress. This is interesting because it really carries with it the idea of how some people can be bought for a price. It doesn't take much. Bribery, extortion, greasing the palms as we used to call it in the car business. I mean you can, and, and it, here, here you have this level playing field, but you start doing this and operating in this way, and it changes everything. This kind of ties in a little bit with verse 22. It says, a man with an evil eye hastens after riches. Now, to have an evil eye uh, carries with it this idea of being stingy, not being generous, an evil eye. Jesus talks about this in Matthew 6. So this is somebody that is stingy, and they have an evil eye, and they're after quick riches, get rich quick, hasten after riches. Here's what the proverb says. They do not consider that poverty will come upon him. They're chasing after the wind. They'll never get it. I think it was... um, I forget the name might have been Rockefeller or one of these, you know, obscene rich men in uh, the past who was asked, how much money do you, you know, need to make? And his answer was just a little more. (laughs) And, And then just a little more. And then just a little more. Well, it's also uh, reported that I think it was maybe the same guy, after he died, they asked, well, how much did he leave? To which the answer was, all of it. Uh, I, I think it was Larry Burkett who famously said, I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. You're not going to take it with you. Naked you came into this world, naked you're going to leave this world. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You can't, you can send it ahead, but you can't take it with you. All right, verse 23. I've been kind of waiting for this one because I want to talk a little bit about it. We've talked about it before. It's kind of a similar principle said in a different way. It says, he who rebukes a man will find more favor afterward than he who flatters with the tongue. Okay, remember that proverb that says, the wounds of a friend are faithful, but an enemy multiplies kisses. So it's this idea of 
um, if I really care about you and I really love you, I'm going to speak truth to you. Even though I know it might hurt you, it might also put our relationship in jeopardy because you might not like me and you might be angry with me, but I'm willing to take that risk because I love you enough and I care enough to tell you the truth even though it might hurt you. So initially you're going to resent it and you're going to hate me for it, but afterward you're going to come to your senses and realize, wait a minute, he tried to warn me. He, he tried to tell me, I'm headed down this path. It might seem right, but in the end, it's the way that leads unto death and destruction. And this friend, the wounds of a friend, and from this friend were faithful. They could be trusted. He rebuked me, but it's because he cared about me and loved me enough to rebuke me, and afterward you will find favor now in their eyes because you cared enough to say something to them and rebuke them. Now here's the contrast, and this, is, this should make the hair on the back of our neck, for those of us that still have hair on the back of our neck, stand on end, because it says, the one who flatters with the tongue, that is dangerous. Flattery, oh, it's so dangerous. It can lead you down that path to destruction. That's no friend that will only tell you what you want to hear and not care enough or be honest enough or love you enough to tell you what you need to hear, even though you don't want to hear it. You need to hear this. And you need to heed this, because if you don't, it's like the other proverb that says, the prudency danger ahead and take refuge, but the fool keeps going and suffers the consequences. This goes back to, as a pastor and teacher of God's Word, uh, this is very serious, because I'm like anybody else. This is not beneath me. <laughs> I'm not above this. I'm tempted just like anybody else concerning this. So we go through the Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. If we didn't, I would not teach. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 6 through 10. I would not. I would just say, you know, this is nice. Let's move on to another passage that's just a little bit, you know, uh, verse 23 right here, Proverbs 28. The one who rebukes a man will find more favor afterward. You know, I think about when Jesus restored Peter after Peter had denied him three times, and Jesus restored him three times, and he asks Peter the same question. The third time it's a little bit different, a different word in the original language of the Greek New Testament. He asked Peter, do you, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Lord, feed my sheep. He asked him a second time, Peter, do you, do you love me? Yes, Jesus, I love you. And then the third time, and then we're given the detail, Peter was just sort of devastated because he realized what was happening. When the third time he asked Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, he says, feed my sheep. What's he saying? He's saying, if you really love me, 
you're going to feed my people the truth, the word of truth, the word of God, the bread of life, and you're not just going to feed them what they want. Cheesecake, Butterfingers, French vanilla ice cream. French vanilla ice cream will be in heaven, I assure you of this. It's going to be at the the wedding feast of the Lamb, too, for dessert. But anyway, I digress. Um, No, but you have to feed them broccoli and cauliflower and green beans. If there are green beans in heaven, I hope they don't taste like green beans on earth. (laughs) In other words, they don't want to eat that, but they need to eat that. They need the nutrients, spiritually speaking. Feed my sheep. Otherwise, they're going to be hungry and they're going to starve to death. They, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And if you really love me, you're going to feed my people. Verse 24. This is gnarly, for lack of a better word. Whoever robs his father or his mother and says, it's no transgression. The same is companion to a destroyer. So you've got this, presumably this adult daughter or son, and they're taken advantage of or feel that they're entitled to. You know, it's, it's going to be mine anyway. And they steal from their mother and father, and they say, oh, it's, it, it's going to be mine anyway. It's no transfer, no big deal. Whew. The same is companion to a destroyer. Uh, without going too far into it, you know, in the Ten Commandments, there's only one commandment, and it's the fifth commandment that actually promises a blessing. Paul brings this up when he writes to the Ephesians. The only commandment that promises a blessing is the fifth commandment. Honor thy father and thy mother, so that the days upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee might be long and blessed. My parents made me memorize. That's why I can still memorize it to this day. Verse, (laughs) the fifth commandment verbatim. But all the other commandments are, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. In the day that thou doest this, thou shalt surely die. But not the fifth commandment. The fifth commandment is, hey, you honor your mother and your father, and God's going to bless your life. You dishonor them. (laughs) You steal from them. Uh, You're going to pay the price. God takes this very seriously. Verse 25. This is interesting too, although all interesting, but this one in particular. He who is of a proud heart stirs up strife. Stop right there. James says, this is one of the reasons why James has been likened unto the New Testament book of Proverbs. James says basically that at the core of every conflict, whenever you have striving, whenever you have an argument, whenever you have a disagreement, without question, without exception, what you'll find at the center of it is pride. What causes fights among you? Your pride. That's what stirs it up. Pride stirs up strife. Here's an example. I'll use the marriage illustration again. Think about this. Husband and wife are having a marital conflict, or as pastors call it, intense fellowship. I like that one better. And so you've got 
the husband saying to the wife, me, what about you? Oh, that's the pot calling the kettle black. I don't know, do you use those anymore? I, I guess they probably have new ones now, but you get the point. In other words, you're pointing the finger at them. It's you. No, it's you. It's you. That's pride. Can you imagine this? This is great. Try this. Try this at home. You know, they say, don't try this at home. No, try this at home. Next time you guys get into a, a disagreement, the wife says to the husband, you. And the husband humbles himself. Oh, that's a novel idea. Says, you know what, honey? You're right. Please forgive me. The wife's going to be like, what'd you do with my husband? Who, who are you? You look like him. <laughs> what'd you do with my husband? What's going on? Am I being, is this, am I being pranked? What? What? No, you're right. I, and then, and then, who knows? I, this has actually happened in my marriage, uh, where we, we get into a fight the other way. No, it's not, it's, it's, it's me, it's not you, it's me, it's my fault. No, it's my fault. Then we get back into it again on the other side of it. And don't do that. Don't do that. What about humbling yourself? A soft answer turns away wrath. Say, you know what, honey? You're right. I, I'm so sorry. Will you please forgive me? And the next thing you know, the, the wife is saying, you know, forgive me too. Aw, isn't that just, I mean, it's, it's okay. A proud heart stirs up strife. But, here's the contrast, he who trusts in the Lord will be prospered. You know, one of the things that, uh, in, in marriage, uh, biblical guidance for married couples. I like to draw this triangle. And, uh, at the, at the top is Jesus. And at the one, one bottom end is the husband. And the other bottom end is the, is the wife. And so when there's a, a severing of the marriage relationship or conflict in the marriage relationship, and this is severed, this is still intact. The husband goes to the Lord, the wife goes to the Lord, and that's how this is reconciled and restored and resolved. Verse 26, he who trusts in his own heart is a fool, <laughs> but whoever walks wisely will be delivered. You've heard this expression, right? Hey, just follow your heart. Don't do that. Don't. <laughs> Jeremiah says, the heart is deceitfully wicked. Don't follow your heart. It will not end well. You don't, don't, don't trust in your own heart. Don't trust in your own wisdom. If you do, you are a fool. You fool. That felt kind of good saying that. But whoever walks wisely will be delivered. Verse 27, he who gives to the poor will not lack, but he who hides his eyes will have many curses. Do you get the impression, particularly in our study through the book of Proverbs, it's really replete throughout Scripture, but do you get the impression that uh, God wants us to be kind to and generous with the poor? The poor we will always have with us. It's like we're lending to the Lord, we're told. When we give to the poor, it's like we're giving 
to the Lord. I think about when J- Jesus in, in Matthew's gospel is recorded, says that when, when you give a glass of water to the least of these, my brethren, it's like you're giving a, a glass of water to me. It's like you're lending to me. You're, you're giving to me. The Lord take, takes notice. You know, we have our, our economy. You know, the Lord has His economy too. And what He's saying here is that if you give to the poor, you'll never lack anything. God will always provide when you are generous with the poor. But again, here's the contrast. Picture this. This is a, a quite an interesting image. You've got the one who, who sees the poor, and then they, they kind of you know, cover their eyes. They turn away. They, they don't want to, you know, they, they walk by, and they, they don't want to, you know, ah. <laughs> Oh, that's, uh, they're going to have many curses. God's not going to bless that. Verse 28, lastly, when the wicked arise, here it is again, (laughs) men go into hiding, men hide themselves, but when they perish, the righteous increase, the righteous rejoice. Well, again, I could uh, take that where I don't need to take that. We've already talked about it. So a couple of closing thoughts. I like to you know, the book of Proverbs is a, it's a great devotional book of the Bible, you know, to really uh, have as part of your time in the Word on a daily basis. And so I always like to take, when, whenever we did the book of Proverbs with our kids when they were young, we would always have a takeaway from that particular chapter. And so here's a, just a, a devotional thought maybe, as it were, concerning this chapter. There's this common theme, and it has to do with the path that we choose in our life. The choice is ours. You've got the path of righteousness, and then you have the path of unrighteousness. The wrong way, the right way. The way that leads to life is narrow. A few go in, Jesus said, and the way that leads to death is wide and many go that way. But it's up to us. And God desires that we choose the right path. But what's even more interesting is this emphasis concerning, and even this stern warning concerning leading someone astray, and how those who do that, they themselves will suffer as a result. So not only have we not chosen the right path, we've led somebody else down the same path, the wrong path. And I think that's the takeaway from this chapter. Proverbs is a book of action. The sage life applications written in its pages not only give you something to think about, but they inspire you to act upon what you've read. As you continue to study this book with Pastor J.D., approach each nugget of wisdom prayerfully, asking God to show you how you can incorporate it into your own life. He can and does teach you through His Word. We'd be honored to be praying for you during this study. Would you let us know how we could be doing that for you? You can connect with us by visiting our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com, and clicking on Contact under the About tab. We'll get in touch with you as soon as we can. You'll also find us on Facebook and Twitter. You're welcome to interact with us there. 
Pastor J.D.'s teachings are also available on YouTube. Links to all of these are available at our website. Are you part of a church? We want to encourage you to find and begin regularly attending a church in your area if you haven't already. If you're near Kaneohe, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, on our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. That website also houses all of Pastor J.D.'s teachings, including his weekly prophecy updates and the ABCs of salvation. This is a simple guide to sharing the good news of salvation in Jesus. It can help you start a conversation with someone you love. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining us for this in-depth study of Proverbs, right here on In Spirit and Truth.